They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt. Hi, friends. Shane Pruitt here. Welcome to another episode of the Next Gen on Mission podcast. We are so excited for you to hang out with us today. And I am truly honored by the guest that we have today. And we'll uh, introduce him in just a moment as we talk about how to reach Gen Z evangelistically, which is such a hot topic, an important topic. And today our guest is Scott Dawson. He is the founder and CEO of Scott Dawson Evangelistic Association strength to stand student conference which is one of the largest in the entire nation safe at home and stadium fest and he's also a an author and a communicator been so faithful in ministry for a long time so i am excited to have scott with us scott welcome to the next gen on podcast my friend thank you for joining us thanks for having me shane it's a privilege to be with you bro awesome brother hey well before we get too spiritual Hey, tell us one fun fact that we need to know about Scott Dawson that we may not already know. Well, it depends on how well you know me. Um, for those who do, it may not come as a surprise, but my family just has grown up with Disney. Uh, we love, I love the creativity of Disney and how they try to tell the story in so many different ways. And as a communicator, kind of like you, I'm always looking for a fresh way to tell the story. And so every, as you and I both know, a lot of Christian conferences are held in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And so the fun fact, though, is uh, probably most people don't know that we've been to Disney and we don't live in Florida. We don't live in Orlando. We live in Alabama. Uh, (laughs) Our kids have been to Disney 117 times. No way. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yes, you can get a, you can get me cheap in in Central Orlando if you just let me bring my family. So it was it was a great way for them to grow up. They had great experiences, and I told them I said you don't have much of an inheritance, but a lot of great experiences. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Memories, <laughs> making memories. All right, well, on the spot, favorite Disney movie? Go. Favorite Disney movie? Oh my goodness, that is a tough one um, because I, I'd probably go. You know, I, I'm. I'm probably going to say Saving Mr. Banks. It's oh, a, more wow. of a newer one, but yep. I, Tom Hanks played uh, Walt very well. But it was also a underlying story of most of us think of Mary Poppins as coming in to, for the children. Yep. But we find out Mary Poppins was coming in to save the father. Mm. And the gospel is always about reaching those that most people think are already okay. Yeah. But the well don't. The well really don't need a a physician. It's the sick ones. And we find out in that story that it wasn't just the children that needed it. It was a whole family. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love that. So, all right. I love it. Hey, that's on uh, Netflix right now. So I think I'm going to watch that one tonight. Uh, I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> I haven't seen that it's one It's a great, yet. great yeah. movie. Awesome. All right. You got it. Scott, I always love to um, ask this uh, question in all of our Next General Mission podcasts. And it's always fun to hear the different leaders and uh, their response to this. But what do we need to know about reaching the next generation? What do we need to know about them? Yeah, you know, it's the next generation, and there's always the next generation. That's uh, for, for us that are communicators and believe the gospel, it's always about those who are coming in behind us. So yeah. we, must, we must prepare to pass the baton to them. Um, 
you know, I would say the one thing I think we need to know is that even though they are the church of now, they're on mission now, they still need leadership. Yep. Um, they, they need people to be able to build into them and to build uh, maturity into them. I remember what Dr. Adrian Rogers said many years ago. He said there's something called instant success, but nothing called instant maturity. Mm. And maturity comes over time. And so I think everyone needs to, when we're thinking about this next generation or generation Z or generation alpha, whatever we want to call them, is that, yes, we've got to put them in the levels of leadership, but they still need to be a lifelong learner. And so we don't, we we need to still come around them and speak into their lives and not just abandon them. Yeah, that is good, Scott. I love that. That quote, I just typed that down. Uh, it's tweetable, but yeah, not instant maturity. That is so true. All right. So, you know, uh, you and I, we both mentioned generation Z or the alpha generation, and that's a definitely a hot topic, a term being thrown around a lot. So what is generation Z? Cause you know, a lot of adults go, what are you even talking about? So what is generation Z? Yeah. Generation Z to me are my kids. Cause I live with them. I mean, I have two that are in that time frame from not, you know, most of them, there's some debate, but 1995 through 2010. But to me, I go, this generation, you think about it, they have lived through economic um, ups and downs. Uh, they are now the most connected generation we've ever seen because of Wi-Fi and Internet, smartphones. So what are they looking for? To me, I think, what is Generation Z? They are the generation that has had information overload. Mm -hmm. And as a communicator, I always want to get out information. But if I'm not careful, I just become white noise to them. Yep. So in order to balance the information, you have to have relation. You have to have relationship and information. And relationship is, um, I, I guess, to me, it's when I don't have to earn the right to speak. Since Jesus saved me. I can go out on the street corner and preach to the top of my lungs. I've got the freedom to speak. But with this generation, I have to earn the right to be heard. Mm -hmm. And the difference with that is with that time factor of allowing them to make sure that not only are you giving them the right information, but that you can be trusted with the information you're giving them. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, and what you said while I go is so true, Scott. I mean, if you think about it, if there's a 19 or 20 year old, they've already lived through 9-11, the Great yep. Recession from 2008, and now COVID-19. Like they know brokenness, don't they? Oh, my goodness. It, and, and, you know, you think about it, they're the most connected generation, but they're most they're the most isolated generation. Yep. So so they're having to walk through all these uh uh, you know, devastation after devastation, and they're looking for where is the right information to be had. You and I've got it. We've just yeah. got to balance that information with authenticity and integrity. Yeah, that's true. All right, Scott. So this next question I know is a ten thousand foot view. I know we only got a limited time on this podcast. <laughs> so practical ways to reach Generation Z evangelistically. I know you're getting that question on a daily basis, I do, is how to reach the next generation. And, and often when people ask that, I found they're looking for the silver bullet or the secret sauce. Mm. And, but so 10,000 foot view, how do you reach the next generation evangelistically? Yeah, we got to convince them that Jesus does work, mm. that he, he, yeah. he is not a program. He's not a political system. He's not a social organization. It reminds me of when, um, you know, John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus the night before he died 
and they had one question, are you the one? And I think this generation is really wondering, is Jesus, does he work? Is he who he says he is? And so if I'm looking at practical ways to reach Generation Z in a short amount of time, we're together. I'm telling you, as you speak, as you're witnessing, as you're communicating, as you're living your life, we have to give evidence that Jesus has changed our life. And if he's changed our life, we know he can change their life. Amen. I love that. So in that same vein, Scott, let me ask you this, because you're one that oversees large events. So, I mean, you're preaching at large events yourself, but you're also overseeing them, organizing, putting them on. Does event evangelism still work with Generation Z and the next generation? I think it works uh, extremely well. I mean, it's it's the difference between mass evangelism and evangelism to the masses. Hmm. You know, mass evangelism may not work, but since Acts chapter 2, Throughout the course of history, evangelism to the masses have worked. What's got to happen, though, is you've got to create the program that um, that is conducive to the Holy Spirit working. And how do you do that? Through prayer, 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 and through programming that really attracts the audience. Again, you don't have to earn the right to speak. You have to earn the right to be heard. And as probably most people heard, we had Kanye West at our this past student conference, and uh, a, it was the largest conference we ever had. Yeah. And so a great segue. That was my next one. Tell us about Kanye. <laughs> tell us about Kanye and your interaction with him, you know, because right. The question I've always gotten, you know, since he's been so public is, do you think it's real? Do you think it's real? And man, I remember I didn't get saved till I was 21. Some of my closest friends were like a wait and see, but could you imagine millions of people with their eyes on you going, well, let's see if it's real or not. I mean, I'm thankful I had people encouraging me early in my faith and not you know, uh, with their eyes watching every move I made. So uh, tell us about Kanye. You interacted yeah, he, with him personally. Yeah, you, know, you think about the Apostle Paul. I mean, when he had that transformation, everybody yep. had the same question about him. Yep. And so, um, you know, I tell people, I didn't call Kanye. Kanye called us. And mm-hmm. that is a divine appointment if I've ever had one. And uh, when he shared his testimony, Shane, I think when I really understood I was speaking with a brother in Christ was when he told me about some of the things he struggles with. Mm. And he said these words, he said, but what God's really convicted me of now, this was after he told me how he came to know Christ, that people wanted him medicated, he needed to be saved. He said, what the Lord's convicted me of now is how arrogant I am. And he said, I'm asking the Lord to crucify that in my life on a daily basis. And I thought to myself, if more of us spiritual leaders would be that gut honest, Yep. Maybe revival would start breaking out in our nation. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to him tomorrow or six months from now, but I don't know what's going to happen to me or you yeah, that's six right. months from now. That's right. I just know that my spirit brought agreement with his of, I was speaking to a brother in Christ and he did a phenomenal job for us. Mm, I love that, Scott. Let me ask you this, for the pastor, church leader, student pastor, ministry leader, that is desperately trying to reach Generation Z, or they have a a heart for the next generation, but they're just having a hard time gaining traction, what practical first steps should they take? What advice would you give them? Wow, that's probably one of the hardest questions to really just lay out there because it seems, it it is so simple, but it's so difficult. And I don't want anyone to think that we're experts. Uh, Man, we should have a podcast on how to flunk sharing evangelism and that way I'd be an an expert. But to me, I still think it goes back to time is investing time to live what you say you believe 
to build out in front of them of, of the gospel conversation. And I, I would say the practical first step is to get over the intimidation that the gospel may not work because mm-hmm. the gospel still changes lives today. And if you're not careful, you can be sucked into a system that thinks you got to have something else besides the gospel. And the gospel, Jesus still changes lives today. Amen. Don't give up on it. Yeah, that's good. What about for the student that's listening, the junior high student, the college student, high school student that says, you know what, I have a spiritually lost friend or family member or parent, and I desperately want to reach them with the gospel. What's some advice you would give them? Yeah, um, you know, again, prayer is the thing we talk about the most, but participate in the least probably in the Christian Mm. disciplines. But it's only going to be as, as powerful as your prayer time. Now, as you pray, there's also practical aspects of being friendly. You, you know, you need to develop friendships with them. And I'm not saying do everything with them, but just be friendly. You don't have to be friends, but be friendly. And I would say the third thing is probably to ask questions uh, instead of giving them sermons. Ask questions to reveal the points of opportunity to share the gospel. Find out more about them instead of wanting them to listen to your evangelistic program. Because you and I both know evangelism is not a program. Evangelism is about the person of Jesus Christ and how he's changed our life. And we know that because once that door is open and we share with them the gospel, he's the one that changes their lives. I can't change their life. You can't change their life, but Jesus can. So pray, be friendly, and ask questions to probe into their life. Yeah, that's so good. All right, if you could build a time machine and go back and visit the 15 or 16-year-old Scott Dawson, what would you tell him? I would tell him, thankfully, exactly what my home pastor told me. He said, you build the man, allow God to build the platform, Mm. because God is always faithful to give you the ministry, the platform, the opportunities. The problem is uh, most of us are just not men or women enough to handle it, so uh, work on those uh, intangibles. Work on your walk with Christ now, the prayer time, the discipleship. And I would say, finally, one thing I would I would share is to start where you are. Uh, don't focus on where you want to be. Do, do what God opens up the door right now with your friends in your classroom, uh, the people you, you share a class with. Uh, be careful to give every opportunity uh, to share the gospel with your friends because they're hurting, they're searching. You've got the answer. Don't be intimidated by this world. Man, he has given you a spirit of boldness, not one of timidity, and just speak truth in love. Yeah, that's good. What great advice, Scott. Uh, I had uh, Ed Young Sr. tell me the same thing when I was 22 in ministry, and I asked him, you know, what would you tell a brand new student pastor? I was a student pastor at the time. What would you tell a brand new student pastor like me? And uh, I'll never forget, he said something very similar. He said, you focus on the depth of your ministry and walk with the Lord and let him take care of the width and platform. Let him worry about that, you know. And that was just so helpful to me. I wrote it in my Bible, never forgot it. Uh, It it is mine. It is one of those uh, fundamental truths that if we could get more people to understand it, 
um, I think we would avoid a lot of the disasters that take place later in life. Yeah, I agree. Along those same lines, uh, and I know you get this question because I get it a lot, is typically, you know, if you're if you're speaking at a conference or a, a student camp or a, a large, uh, you know, disciple now or something, you know, a lot of times a, a next-gen leader, student pastor, or maybe a, a high school, um, you know, guy or girl or or a college student will say, hey, how do I start speaking at conferences? Or how do I start speaking at events? Or how do I start teaching at this? Um, when you get that question, what advice do you give? Yeah, I, I steal it from John Maxwell, who answered that question by saying, you can't do what I do until you do what I did. Mm. And I, and yeah, I think I that's that. where we have to keep going back to that. What did I, what did I do in those early days? Mm. Well, I built relationships um, you know, I focus on my walk with the Lord, but as those relationships opened doors, I was faithful in the little things because scripture will always tell you if you're, if you're faithful in the little things, man, more is granted to you and more is not bigger crowds. Uh, more is just more opportunities to serve the Lord. And we're in this not to build a name, not to build a bio. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. And if we keep our mind on that, then all of a sudden we're already a hero. We're already we're already running the race uh, so so uh, tenaciously. We're not distracted by the things of this world. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Scott, this has been so rich. Listen, we always close uh, this podcast with the same on mission charge. The heart behind this podcast is to see the next generation realize that they are also the now generation. You addressed some of this earlier, not just the future of the church, but they're also part of the church right now. They have a calling on their life now, a mission on their life now, the Great Commission on their life now. Uh, give us one closing thought on that. Yeah, to me, I, I go, God has placed you right now in the point of influence. Yeah. And he saved us for all of eternity, but we are part of his incredible redemption story for this universe. You have purpose. You have opportunity. It's now what we make of it. So I'm just going to ask you to invest. Take it for the next 24 hours. Ask God to open doors, give you a bold spirit, give you a loving spirit. And let's just see who around us could could be that intentional gospel conversation that God, God brings to himself through your testimony. Yeah. Gosh, this has been so good, Scott. Thank you so much for your time, my friend. It's been so good. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to one day being face to face with you, Shane. We'll, yeah, that's we'll, right. We'll get together. Yeah, that's right. You know, at the time of this recording, uh, yeah, we're in the middle of the pandemic and, and COVID, you know, crisis. And Scott and I were supposed to speak at a conference together. And I was so excited about that. But I was equally, if not more excited to just spend time with you and get to know you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right here at you. Thank you for yeah. all you do, Shane. I hear so many great things about what's going on. Well, well God's been good. All glory to him. Scott, before we close out, how can people find you, follow you on social media? Give us your handles and where people can connect with you. Sure. If you want to go old fashioned and go email at scott at scottdawson.org. O-R-G. If you're on Twitter, it's Scott Dawson. If you're on Facebook, it's Scott Dawson, but on Instagram, it's Scott of S-D-E-A. And uh, I'm always on, and I'd love to talk with you and connect with you anytime I can help. Yeah, that's great. And friends, I encourage you to follow Scott. 
uh, I do, and he's always such a great uh, source of information and help and wisdom, so be sure and do that. And friends, thank you for listening to the Next Gen on Mission podcast. If you have any questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net, and we'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, if you're enjoying the Next Gen on Mission podcast, be sure to subscribe, follow, give us a rating review, and share it with everyone you know, and have a great rest of your day, and tell somebody about Jesus.